0: how do I avoid emotionally immature situations? I got to stop settling for emotionally immature people And the way that I stop settling for emotionally immature people is I say that that's not enough. That's not enough. But they got in the door because I said, well, uh, I might not get nothing else. I know it doesn't meet my standard. I know they don't meet the qualifications for entry, but because I haven't resolved my fear of being alone, I am willing to let someone in, to bring somebody in, to try to make it work with somebody where, who I knew, I knew that that wasn't enough. I knew that I was cringing through it. I knew, but I was afraid that if I didn't accept this, there wouldn't be another opportunity. So is it really, is, is the problem really about the other people being emotionally immature or is it about you being afraid? I am Taylor Chandler. I'm a licensed therapist, host of this podcast, Boundaries and Grace, and leader of my practice, Reattach. My mission is to help you shift to secure attachment, uprooting anxiety and avoidance, replacing with clarity and peace. You will shift. Let's get started. I have an acronym for you, SIFT. I'm getting questions, of course, about how to deal with emotionally immature people. Okay. What do I do with emotionally immature partners or potential partners as I'm dating? What do I do? What do I do with my emotionally immature husband or wife? How do I deal with my emotionally immature parents or coworkers? People want to know how to deal with emotional immaturity. I have an acronym for you this morning. SIFT. I'm going to help you sift yes sift filter sift through um, this emotional immature landscape that it seems that we're living in okay i'm going to help you sift through people who are not worth your time who are not worth your energy okay they're for somebody else but they're not for you sift s-i-f-t are you taking notes I need you to write S-I-F-T. Today, you are going to learn how to sift through some people so you can save your time, your space, your sanity. S-I-F-T, sift. Let's get into it. We're going to talk about standards. Oh, I already feel it in my chest. We need to talk about this. We're going to talk about standards. We're going to talk about in. Investments, the words are already good. I've only gotten two out of four out my mouth and it already sounds good. Yes, thank you, SIFT, S-I-F-T. We're going to talk about standards. We're going to talk about investments. We're going to talk about fear and we're going to talk about trauma. Okay, so listen, I said I'm going to help you sift through the people Because you're going to check yourself. You're going to check your standards. You're going to check, yes, your investments. You're going to check, yes, your fear. And you're going to check your trauma. Sift. You are going to sift through emotionally immature people by checking your standards. Checking your investments. Checking your fear. Checking your trauma. Are we ready? Let's do it. Let's talk about standards and how checking your standards is going to help you deal with these issues. Okay. You better take notes. Sift standards. Listen, your standards are the, it's the least you will accept. I heard Dr. Darius Daniels put it in a way as he does so clearly OK, and so I am going to I'm going to invoke Dr. Darius Daniels here because what he said is we've talked about standards. You've heard people talk about standards. But what he said, which was so clear and so relevant for so many people is that your standards is the least you are accepting. It is the bottom floor. It is the entry point. OK, your standards are the least You will accept. Why are we talking about this in the context of emotional immaturity? Because a lot of people wouldn't have the questions that they get to about how to deal with this person that's been around for a year and they can't take accountability. How do I deal with this person who um, they've been around for six months and I can't get them to answer a question clearly? Okay, a lot of people wouldn't get to these questions if we were filtering correctly on the front end on the front end on the front end and so if you know if your standards are clear and if you will align with this habit of only accepting those in any context only accepting what meets your standards on the front end you won't be asking these questions on the back end you understand what i'm saying if you got your standards clear on the front end, and what did I say? not only do you not not just talking about do you have a list that's good right it's good to it's good to know what your standards are, but note this note this friends, not only do I know what my standards are, but I also am only willing to accept those who meet my standard. On the front end. So if I know my standards, and if I am only willing to accept what meets my standards on the front end, then I prevent myself from asking these silly questions on the back end. Yes, I said it. Okay, so nice. So what so, so so sometimes the question after that after that is this well what are some what are some standards that are that are that are good to have? What are some standards that I might need to consider? Let's start here. Let's start with something that's gonna sound shallow to some people. How about attraction? When we're talking about in the context of romantic relationships, how about the standard of attraction? We've got some people, and we're gonna talk about fear in a little bit. We've got some people who are like trying to go so otherworldly, trying to go so far from who they once were that they are trying to eliminate physical attraction from their list of standards because you, you got with people who you were attracted to before and things didn't go well. And so now you're like, well, maybe I don't need to be physically attracted, sexually attracted. Maybe it'll develop. Maybe it'll grow. No, no, no. I don't recommend it. (laughs) I, I don't recommend going that route. Okay. If you don't have a basic physical attraction to somebody, you are likely going to see them as a friend, a good friend, a confidant. Okay. So attraction is a valid standard. Okay. If we're talking, you're talking about the context of romantic relationships, there's got to be some physical contact. I'm not talking about when it's happening, but we are saying it's going to happen but it might not if you're not attracted and don't be wasting people's time. If you're not attracted and you're just a friend, a lot of times at this point, y'all, aren't we too old? Aren't you too old to be having a whole bunch of male, female friendships? What are we, let's not talk about that right now. I I don't know. I'm not, let's not get detoured. Let's not get sidetracked. But I mean, come on, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like you, you need to be physically attracted to somebody. OK, to try to bypass that and say that they are that you're mentally attracted, spiritually attracted, emotionally attracted, but you're not physically attracted. I mean, to try to jump that hoop, when it comes to that time or that expectation starts to show itself, right? That person just wants to get close to you and you won't really want to get close to them. But now you've developed this deep emotional attachment and now they're feeling rejected because you accepted all of the parts of them except the physical part of them. And you just cannot push past that hump you ain't willing to hump because you can't push past that hump. You can't get over the hump, so you can't hump. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, I'm just being honest. The question is, if, if you go outside of your type, can a, can a, can attraction grow after I become emotionally attracted? Yeah, anything could happen, but I personally would be offended. Are y'all, are y'all watching Love is Blind? Because that's a case of on Love is Blind, Nancy and Bartice and I'm cringing through it because he's not physically attracted and he's like he's like I'm trying like he's he's like clutching the seat he's like I'm trying I I do really like you I do have this emotional connection to you but I just don't want to have sex with you <laughs> I would be offended Honestly, so it's like, do you re- and do we really have the time to see if you're going to grow this physical attraction after? You- I think it's worse to not have it develop this emotional attraction. Know that you're looking at them like, I mean, I could if I just if I just drink or smoke and just kind of close my eyes. Keep the- just I, I mean, I could get used to this. Who wants that life? Honestly, I'm just saying, who want? Who really wants that life? I think that we, when we talk about fear, I think that that, that might be applicable to people who are like, let's try to keep bypassing physical attraction. It's like, I mean, that's like a t- take what you can get. I'm not living in a take what I can get world. I don't live in a take what I can get experience. That's not what I'm doing. Now, some, you are f- welcome to take what you can get if that's how you want to live. That's not how I do it. So attraction is is valid. How about this? Lifestyle as a standard. Wait, let me back up. Because look look at what we just saw in the comments. And this is so real. Like you are feeling like you are second fiddle. Y'all, we we see that. Why do you, why would you sign up to either be someone's, they're not attracted and they're going to try to grow into it. Or you're going to put someone else in that position where you're not attracted, but you won't try to just, hold on, just see if it, just see if it sparks, just see if it, how often does (laughs) you, you second fiddle or they second fiddle? It's a weird dynamic. I think the person who's more attractive, like just objectively speaking, like is just more attractive or feels like they're holding the power because they're not attracted. You treat people like that, that you're in relationship with. Let's be honest. You treat people like that different. We have all been in a situation, well, I think a lot of people have been in a situation like this, where you are either the more attractive one trying to give someone a chance, come on somebody, and you treat people like that different. You have a different level of respect for that kind of person, and I don't mean in a good way. I mean that you're looking at them like, you lucky I'm giving you a shot. I could be up. I I don't have to be here. You start acting weird. You start acting funny towards those people. You start acting funny towards those people because you don't because you really looking at them like, I'm honestly holding my breath, half closing my eyes. I'm honestly trying to be here with you. You treat people like that differently than someone who you're like, I'm attracted to you and you're attracted to me. Okay, let's be honest. Come on, you treat people, you're not, you're not physically attracted to trying to make a romantic connection work. You treat them differently than the ones who you're actually attracted to. Don't play with me. Okay, it's not about, I'm not. you know, lifestyle is a standard that is valid if you, if you want to be on the go and you want to be in the city and you want to be moving and going, you want to travel and you one of those, do you have your passport people on question number two on the first date? And they want to have a farm life in the country with hardly no cell phone signal. You ain't checking Instagram, but once every 60 days that might, that's a standard of living That is not, that is not, y'all don't have the same standard of, y'all don't have the same lifestyle. It doesn't mean that the one lifestyle is good and one lifestyle is bad. It means that they are different. We have a, we have misaligned lifestyles, okay? So like, you want to be like, you have a standard of living, a way or a way of living that that other person does not have or agree with, that is a valid standard. You might be an on-the-go person and you can get along well with the rural farmer, but are you actually going to be able to have a sustained relationship without one or the other feeling like you have compromised so much of the core of who you are and what you find valuable? Lifestyle is a valid standard. Let's go into the money management thing because that's kind of, I said standard of living or different lifestyle. I think that they are a bit different. Okay. Like a standard of living, like a higher standard versus the lower standard and then lifestyle. How do you live? So they are related, but they are not the same. They can be associated, but they don't cause each other. Okay. But let's bring that into money management. If you are like a, um, We need to be savers. I will, I'm living frugal. I am, I don't care how much money I'm making, but I am thrift shopping, okay? And you've got a person that is like, when I get paid, I'm off to the mall. I'm off to Gucci. I'm off to Fendi. I'm off to, because I'm going to enjoy myself. Listen, it's not about something being better or worse. It's about things being misunderstood. Aligned. You can live however you want, but does the way that you want to live is that aligned with the person that you are attempting to make a life with. Okay, money management is a genuine, a valid standard. So it's, it's a stand like, like I we are. I am a saver, or I am a spender. I I am a I am a budgeter, or I am a YOLO live my life Those can be missed. You can get along with each other, but when it comes to making decisions, which are out of our values. There's going to be a clash, okay? Money how do you handle money? What is my standard? How does someone behave around money? It relates to the standard that you have, the standards that you have associated with money or money management. Does that make sense for you? And I so I'm link, I'm linking that in with like lifestyle, okay? I'm linking that in with how you live or the standard of living, higher or lower. Truly, some people want to live frugal, whether that is about a fear of, it, don't get into the super psychology of it, okay? Just know, just know what you see what's going and what what they believe, how they live in. Okay. If you like, I want the penthouse, I am working towards penthouse. I want the infinity pool in the back. I want Turks and Caicos. And your person is like, honestly, I don't care about none of that. I want to go, I'm couponing. I'm couponing for a house. I'm couponing for a car. I don't want a new car. 2023 car. I'm looking at more like 2017. We in 2022. It's not about better or worse. It's about a misalignment in the way and lifestyle or the way that you live. Okay. All right. So you got it. Okay. So let's keep moving. Marriage and kids. Y'all, these are, this is the conversation. On the nerd the poet said how can a man ask that hey Allison how can a man ask that on the first date y'all a lot of this stuff needs to be on the first date and listen when someone is clear about who they are and someone is clear about where they're going and what their intentions are in dating and relationship and for their own self it's not weird to ask these questions it's like good I'm glad you asked let's make sure we're on the same page so I don't get my little feelings involved with somebody who I misaligned with anyway remember you can get a along well with people who you're not actually compatible with in a long-term fashion. You can have good conversations. You can have good dates. You can like the same kind of food. You can watch the same shows. You can converse for weeks, months, and even sometimes people going on years, but not actually compatible long term or in the deepest parts of you. Cause you do not have to be long. You do not have to go long term to know if you're compatible with your values or the core of who you are. So marriage and kids. Okay, we're talking about standards, right? How to sift through people who are emotionally immature, marriage and kids. If you know that you want to be married or you know that you want to have kids and they do not, that can directly reflect in how you perceive their level of maturity. When really, it's just that you have different goals. Let's say you got a, 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 a spender. You got a you got a you got a. You got a, a Fendi Bendy. You got a like, you know what I'm saying? You got you got somebody they got the Gucci. They they they're a they're a spender and you're looking and they, but they don't want to be, they don't have a long-term vision for family, or they don't have a long-term goal for family. We're looking at their spending, we can look at their spending habits differently. Does someone who doesn't actually plan to care for another person, whether in marriage or with children, do they need to be so worried about the about whether they're spending that spend that I mean they really need to be worried about how they're about how many times they're going out in the week but if you are but you can perceive that person as being emotionally immature when your life goals are misaligned because their decisions are not in alignment with what your goals are they're in alignment with what their goals are let's say it again it's not about something being better or worse but in your eyes something can look worse if someone's decisions are not aligned with your Goals. But if someone does not want marriage and kids or either or or both, and you're looking at them as emotionally immature because they're not saving or they don't, they don't have a 10-year plan and they're not looking to buy a house or whatever, and you're like, they're so emotionally immature, they don't even plan for me because they're not looking to plan. Okay. So your standards, if you're like, I only want, like I am, I am dating for this or I am looking for that. And someone does not meet your standards for their life goal. They're, they're not, they do not want that same thing. It's not, we, are not, we are not talking about emotional maturity at that point. We're talking about compatibility. You will appear to me more emotionally immature if your decisions are not aligned with the goals that I have in mind. Okay? In the, if, if, you're, if you're a person that wants marriage and kids. You understand what I'm saying? All right. Um, so those are some examples of standards. So so we talk about, I was going to help you sift through some emotional, immature, sift through emotionally immature people. First, by checking your own standards and making sure, because you can make sure of this. These are things, the date, people are so fearful of dating because it's like it's so unpredictable. You can make this much more, predict your outcome's much more predictable if you know your standards and you only allow people who meet your standards on the front end so that you're not asking these questions on the back end. Y'all are with me. Let's go into your investments. Your investments. First thing, standards. We said SIFT, S-I-F-T, standards. Check your standards. The next thing, check your investments. There got a lot of people that want somebody emotionally mature because it's, it's attractive. It's attractive. But I want you to check your own self. Do you make the investments into your emotional, mental, spiritual development? All of these things that, that, that combine into someone being someone's emotional maturity, someone's emotional stability. Do you, do you, do you make investments into yourself that develop your emotional, mental, spiritual Maturity. I'll answer this question real quick. Do you feel people can be emotional, but they lack emotional maturity? Absolutely. Can someone be emotionally expressive and lack emotional maturity? Absolutely. That's most people. Most people are are, are highly expressive, which includes withdrawing and disconnecting. That is being highly emotional. Okay, someone being someone withdrawing. Hey Brittany, someone withdrawing or disconnecting is highly emotional. It's not just people who are crying and screaming, it's also people who are disconnecting and withdrawing. You are highly emotional in both of those states, lacking emotional maturity, lacking emotional stability, lacking the ability to actually communicate through your emotions. Okay. And have actually have a conversation instead of being triggered out of my mind. So let's go into the investments. you are so you're looking for someone to be emotionally mature, which means that you expect them and you desire them to have um, they they should meet a standard of having some sort of a mental, uh, mental, emotional, spiritual stability and health. So I'm asking you to check yourself. Do you invest in your emotional, mental and spiritual development? Have you even, have you done it at all? Or are you just looking for people to be highly developed and you won't pay $32 for the boundary playbook and you won't go to the free workshop this Saturday, your mother and your attachment when you know you and your mama got problems. You won't go to a free workshop or buy, or buy a replay or get a workbook. They got a got a workbook for the, your mother and your attachment issue, but you want somebody who is able to, uh, uh, work through and manage and smoothly, um, smoothly deal with their, their family trauma. You want somebody that don't get triggered by their mama. You want somebody that's, that's able to understand that, um, their father had left them and they need to be able to reconcile that so that, so that they're, then they're not taking it out on you. You want somebody, come on, you want somebody that's dealt with their projections because you just know you don't got no time for it anymore. But meanwhile, Ah. Uh, meanwhile, you got problems. You still bleeding out. You still triggered. You won't invest. You know you got issues, and the workshop coming up, or the groups coming up, or one-on-ones are available in the bio. It's a click away, and you avoid it. And you like, well, I'd, ra- well, I don't really have money for it, but I don't really got time for it, but. I don't really, I don't know if I could fit it into my schedule, but are you expecting that somebody else that you partner with, come on, come on, come on. But you expect that somebody that you're partnered with would have invested the time, the energy, the space, so that you don't have to deal with what they got going on so that you don't got to deal with their past trauma. Okay. So you got to understand, I think somebody put it in the comments somewhere Am I, am I giving into, unto myself? Am I investing in the areas that I need in the same way that I would expect or even demand, insist that someone else does it so that I, so that they're a healthy partner for me. Okay. And understanding the law of reciprocity and the, and the principle of reaping what you sow. Okay. If you're good with where you're at, if you're capped, if you're like, you know what, I did my little 12 weeks of therapy. Like I really feel like I'm I'm tired. I don't really, I'm, I can't, I don't know nothing else I really need to do. I'm good. I want you to learn, I want you to understand this. You are able, you can do whatever you want, but start expecting that back. If you're good with being stagnant, if you're good with if you're like, I've hit my mats, okay. But start expecting that back and stop when you, when, so that means that when you got people who are like stagnant themselves, you got people who are good with the, um, good with the status quo and you're, and instead of being triggered by them, I want you to start looking at your own reflection and saying, that looks like me. I don't like when people I'm getting a bunch of people that are just cool with the bare minimum that are just like they act like they don't got nothing else to do they're like I'm done I'm capped I'm tired I'm just I'm good I'm better I'm at least better than average and you're like I'm I don't like those people but I want you to start looking at your own reflection and saying is that me am I have I invested in myself lately have I intentionally poured into me have I been avoiding paying $30 over here or putting two hours into a free workshop over there because I just feel like I don't have the time or the money or the space to do it and now I'm irritated that other people aren't developing and nurturing themselves because now I'm getting less from them but is that really me Am, am I actually that for somebody else I'm capped I'm tired I'm stingy well, how can I invest in myself? Well, I have something for you. Um, starting in January 2023, four-week attachment-related courses are going to be offered by me, okay? start Literally, January 2nd, we're starting. So there's different class times, 8 a.m., 12 p.m., 5 p.m., 6 p.m. around these topic areas, attachment styles, healing childhood, boundaries, and de-triggering. These classes, you can expect to be 90 minutes. If you come to class, you get the replay, and if you don't come to class, you get the replay for no additional cost. Men and women are welcome welcome. welcome to join. I'm running each class with as few as three people and with as many as 25 people in the room. Each class, you have supplemental material that will help you to stay grounded, work through the uh, material, and also are going to be related to the homework assignments for each class. So like, for example, the attachment workbook, which I'll let you know about at the end of this episode, the attachment workbook goes with the attachment class the boundary playbook goes with the boundary class and so you'll be learning practical skills and four topic areas for each of those large topics okay and practical skills to help you to actually implement this work in your life this is not a support group you're actually going to be um, literally learning how to put these things in motion so that you can get the results that you want I'm going to link this sh- in the show notes where you can access the registration um, and you choose your, of course, choose your topic area. Choose the time of the day that works best for you. And I'm really looking forward to um, inviting more people into this work for a lower price than like all these one-on-ones. Okay, so I think that um, there's going to be the opportunity for more people to get their hands on this stuff, um, and so it's just more accessible. And with the replays and all of that, I just think that I I, I think that this is a a good idea for us. One on ones are also still available, so you can find that information on my website as well. Um, but I encourage you to hop into class, touch these topics, get to work on your life, and have a new 2023. Let's get back. Let me let me just let me just top that last one off, top the investment thing off. Okay. If you are not actively investing in yourself, you are going to, I'm going to make it just very plain and clear. You are get, You will get a, you will get a lesser version of someone's best. If you are not actively moving towards your best actively, you are saying, I accept a lesser version of other, of, of, of someone else's best if I accept a lesser version of my best, I don't got to work no more. I don't got to develop no more. I'm good. That means I accept that in me. I accept that in you. It doesn't mean that I like it, but I am signaling that I accept it. And I am no, I am no longer within my rights. I am no longer within my reason to say, you've got to keep going up, but I'm good with where I'm at. All right, check your fear, check your fear, check your fear. How do we prevent these emotionally immature situations from from developing, from growing in your life? Check your fear. There are a lot of people out here who are afraid of being alone, afraid of not having another chance afraid of being alone. We got one more after this, afraid of being alone, afraid of not having another chance. And so you're like, Taylor, how do I deal with all, how do I deal with my emotionally immature partner? How do I deal with all these people on the dating apps and all these people that I'm going on dates with and they just seem so immature? Okay. But they don't, but on the front end, they didn't even meet your standard. But because you were afraid of being alone, afraid that you wouldn't get another shot, afraid you accept less because I am afraid that there is nothing more. I accept less because I'm afraid that there's nothing more. I'm afraid of ending up alone. I'm afraid of not having another chance. I'm afraid of what my friends and family are going to think about me if I show up at Thanksgiving single again. I'm afraid of other people's opinions. I'm afraid. Okay? And so, going back to S, right? We're saying, "How do I how do I avoid all of these these emotionally immature people? How do I deal with emotionally immature people?" I need to deal with my fear of being alone. I need to deal with my fear of not having another shot. I need to deal with my fear of what someone's of what people might think of me. Okay? If I choose not to settle. I need to, be, I need to confront and deal with and resolve the fear. Because if I don't resolve the fear, I will continue to be motivated to settle for what would never satisfy. Come on, man. So how do I prevent dealing with, how do I avoid emotionally immature situations? I got to stop settling for emotionally immature people. I got to, and the way that I stop settling for emotionally immature people is I say that that's not enough. That's not enough. That's not enough. That's not enough. That's not enough, that's not enough for me. And if I'm, if I'm, and if I'm going to be single for another, for a season of my life, if I'm going to be, I will choose to not deal with that. And not deal and not keep asking these silly questions how do I deal with my how do I keep dealing with all these avoidant types well I shouldn't have brought that they shouldn't have gotten through the door that's how what do you mean how do I keep dealing how everybody nobody wants a relationship like I keep I keep putting my time in I keep investing but it's like they don't want what I want they shouldn't have gotten in the door but they got in the door. Because I said, well, uh, I might not get nothing else. I know it doesn't meet my standard. I know they're not, I know they don't meet the qualifications for entry. I know they don't meet the qualifications for entry. I know they don't meet my standard. But because I haven't resolved my fear of being alone, I am willing to let someone in, to bring somebody in, to try to make it work with somebody where who, I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew, I actually knew. Come on, let's stop, let's stop, let's stop, let's stop, let's stop this. Let's stop acting surprised. How about, let's stop acting surprised. I did know. I knew, I knew, I knew that that wasn't enough. I knew that I was going to have, I knew that I was cringing through it. I knew, I knew, I did know, but I was afraid that if i didn't accept this there wouldn't be another opportunity so is it really a, is is the problem really about the other people being emotionally immature or is it about you being afraid I wouldn't have to ask these questions. How do I make it work with somebody who don't want to make it work? How do I make it work with somebody who won't have a conversation? How do I make it work with somebody who says they, ain't, they don't want to go to therapy? How do I make it work that with somebody who gaslights me weekly? How do I make it work with somebody who knows they got trauma, but they're in denial about it? How do I know? How do I, how do I make it work? Why am I asking? I need to start saying, why am I asking myself these questions? How did you get in the door how did you get in the door? Not how do I deal with you now? Not how do I make it? How do I keep settling? I'm, t- I'm tired of these questions. How do I keep settling? How do I keep twisting myself up into the smallest space possible so I can get the most options? How? Listen to me today, this morning. How do I make myself small enough so that? More people like me so that more people pick me so that I'm light enough that more people would want to try to carry me. How do I make myself look less intimidating? How do I make myself look less needy? How to come on this morning? How do I make myself look like I don't know what I know? How do I make myself look like that? Taylor, that's kind of what these questions are coming down to. How do I make myself look like that? Taylor. And I'm telling, I'm saying to you, I need you to start asking yourself, how did you get in here? How did I, how did I open up the door for this? Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. It makes sense. Listen to me now. It makes sense that you're irresponsible. I want you to start looking at it. You start looking at the person. It makes sense that you're irresponsible. You don't want what I want. You don't live how I live. You don't invest in yourself like I invest in myself. You know what? Wait a second. It makes sense. Wait a second. Wait a second. It actually makes sense that you acting like this. It makes sense. So, so, so let me stop looking at you for a second and let me, let me rewind the tape to where I opened up the door and I saw you as deficient. Listen to me. I saw you as less than what I needed. I saw you as lacking. I saw you as I opened up the door, and at that decision point that I said, "Come in anyway." That's the problem. That's where. That's what you need to be asking me about. That's don't stop. Stop wasting our time. Stop wasting our time. You need to start asking me about Taylor. Not how, not why are they acting like that. But, but why is it though? That when I let them, what was it about that decision that I made? It is a much more valuable question for you. The, I want to know about that decision I made. I want to know about how I had my standards. I was getting that together. I've been going to therapy. I've been investing in myself. I've been, I've been getting aligned with myself. I've been feeding myself. And I want to I wanna know, Taylor, I, what I really want to know is how is it that even conceptually knowing better, something, there was some part of me that said, maybe you won't get it. Maybe you're not worth it. Maybe, maybe you're reading it wrong. Maybe, maybe, maybe what, maybe what they said you could have, you really couldn't have. Maybe, I want to know about that. Okay? What was it about when I saw you, when, and, and how about... How about those, the people that'll hear this and they'll say, Taylor, I really didn't know. Okay. How about when I let you in? I really didn't know. I saw you. I thought you, I thought we were equal. I thought we were on the same wavelength. And then when I sat you, and then when we sat down and we continued to spend time together and things started to become revealed to me that, oh, you're not. Who I thought that you were. Oh, you can't care for me the way that I need. Oh, I heard about people like you. I've experienced people like you. And things don't really go well. How about when you really didn't know? I'm going to give it to, I'm going to give that to you. How about when you really didn't know, but you've been sitting down in the living room together and you've been, and you've been eating and you've been having meals together and you've been spending time together and things started to become revealed to you. And I'm, and you're still asking me, Taylor, um, why are they acting like this? I'm asking you to ask yourself instead, how was it that even when I knew when it was revealed unto me that you was trash, when you was revealed unto me, you won't going to be able to, you could, you, we are not equal. Yotes, you can't carry the same weight that I do. We are not the same. And how was it that when it be, when it became revealed unto me that that was the case that I made the decision to stick around anyway that I still made a decision that said, well, how can I act like I don't know what I know? How can I act? blind when I see how can I act like I don't hear when I hear it when I feel it when I know it when I know this isn't right what is it about the decision that says stick around anyway make it work anyway and now you're asking me how do I deal with emotionally immature people I dare say I dare say that rather than how to deal with emotionally immature people, you need to instead be dealing with your confidence. With your confidence. With your staying power. What do I mean by staying power? By saying, you know what? Even if I, I won't leave me. I won't abandon me. I won't leave what I know is good for me. I won't leave what I know is for me. For something that I clearly know is not. I have staying power. I'm not afraid of another season. I'm not afraid of the holidays. Auntie, ask me what you want. Daddy, ask me what you want. Cause I'm not afraid of your opinion. I'm not afraid. What? I'm afraid of being with somebody that don't, that's not matching what I got. That's what I'm afraid of. Not afraid of, of what social media got to say or don't say about me. Not afraid of what your opinion is about me. Not. Afraid of the, of your own voice in your own head. I'm so good. I'm so confident that the voice in my own head doesn't have a shot at getting me off track. The voice in my own head doesn't have a shot at making me believe that what is not for me actually is. The voice in my own head doesn't have a shot of making me afraid, so afraid of life that I would accept you who might destroy my life. The voice in my own head doesn't have a chance. I got so much staying power. I got so much staying power. I got so much confidence. I've got so much faith. I've got so much knowing. I've got so, I've got so much of that, that the voice in my own head doesn't have a shot. So I'm not just talking about other people's perceptions. I'm talking about your own, um, your own, your own voice, right? This is about checking yourself. Right. I got so much staying power. The fear can't get me. I'm not saying we have to do things in fear. Okay, there is no way that you're going to live a life literally fearless as if there is not. You're just never afraid of nothing. But it's about even when the fear comes up that, you know, it is a lie. It is a lie. And every time, and and if you don't even, if you don't believe it, look at your own life as an example. Every single time, I'm telling you, you can do it if you want to. Every single time that you make a decision that was out of fear, things didn't go very well. You ended up in a trash situation. You never make a decision out of like, I'm scared that nothing good. I'm scared that I won't have anything left. I'm scared. I'm scared that this is my last shot. I'm scared. I'm, I'm, I'm going to settle because I'm scared that there's not going to be another opportunity. Every time you did that for a job, a friend, a partner, every time you did it, you ended up being like, you know what? That I, I should have, that never made no sense. All right. Let's keep going. Uh, last one, y'all trauma. Let's, talk, let's do trauma. Let's do trauma. Um, all right. So how do you sift? How do you sift? How do you sift through this? How do you sift through this emo, emotionally unavailable people? How do you sift? Said so I'm going to I'm going to know my standard. I'm not going to let anything in that is below my standard. He said that you are going to check your investments. Am I investing in to me the same way that I would want or expect someone to invest in themselves so that I get the best of them? Am I becoming the best in me? And then we said fear. I'm going to check my fear. Am I making decisions out of fear that is that that is motivating me to settle for things that are below my standard and then you're going to check your trauma i'm going to check my trauma s-i-f-t i'm going to sift i'm going to check my trauma we can be attracted to the same patterns that destroyed us we can be attracted to those same patterns that broke us not because they're comfortable but because they are familiar not because they're comfortable but because they are familiar For example, the avoidant parent that you had to chase to impress or the anxious parent that you had to soothe in their distress. We can be attracted to those same patterns because those patterns gave us a role. The pattern gave me an identity. I am the soother. I am the lifesaver. Okay? I am the achiever. I am the star. Okay? So we can be attracted to patterns that actually are related to our relational traumas. They made us feel like if I don't do this, you won't love me anymore. And so we can be attracted to people who are emotionally unavailable, emotionally immature because I am used to you. You are familiar your sense. I've smelled it before. I know how to act towards you. I know how to be towards people who don't have anything going on for themselves, who need a job, who need a car, who need to get their life together. I know how to deal with you. I'm going to get you together. I'm going to be your social worker, okay? I'm going to be your parent. You never had a parent. I know how to be towards you, okay? Okay? I know how to be towards you who is never impressed, who it takes. I got to do, I got to put on bells and whistles to get your attention. I have to be damn near perfect in order to get you to look at me. I know how to be towards you. And now it's uncomfortable for me to keep achieving. I'm exhausted. It's uncomfortable for me to try to keep it all together. I'm tired, but I know how to be with you. It's uncomfortable for me to be the only one that you lean on. It's uncomfortable for me to be pouring all of me out and I don't get anything back. It's uncomfortable for me, but I know how to be with you. So then the questions on the back end are like, Taylor, how did I, Taylor, um, these people, they're so avoidant or they're so anxious, they cling to me or they withdraw from me. And I'm asking you, instead of worrying about them, to wonder about what about my own trauma? Have I taken enough time? To really look at if I, I'm, it was my, it was the last ex, it was the ex before, it was the ex before, before that, it was, it was, it, I showed up, it showed up in work, it was my last best friend, it was my, it was my friendship right now, it's in my dating life right now. So, so, so I wonder, we have to wonder enough about what was it in me, what, what was seated in me. Where was the system installed that allowed me to be attracted to this type? Because I'm attracted to this type, not because it is attractive, like, in terms of, like, I actually, I like it, like, it, it makes me feel good. But I'm attracted to this type because I know how to be with this type. I have a very clear role with this type. Okay. So you're like, well, how do I do? Why am I dealing with all these emotionally unavailable people? Well, what about your past trauma? I'm asking you to look at your past trauma and to say, "I, I have an attraction for people who can't do for themselves. Because that was my mother. I have an attraction towards people who, who turn away from me when I reach for them because that was my father. I have an attraction towards people who when I call that, I reach out to them and I never know when I'm going to hear back. It's every once in a while, but it's never quite consistent because that was my mother. I have an attraction to this type. I have an attraction to this type because sometimes they're here and then they leave for like two weeks and then they pop back in and I act like everything's cool because that was my father. I have an attraction to this type. Okay, so rather than worrying about all that's going on in the present, when you uninstall those triggers and when you resolve the traumas from your past, you resolve the attractions in the present resolve the traumas and the past you resolve your attractions and your patterns in the present y'all this was very very good all right y'all we are out of here thank you so much for listening and thank you Lilana 07 who left this podcast review on boundaries and grace she said five stars it's a five-star review Titled, Slap in the Face Needed She writes, Taylor drops truth bomb after truth bomb And puts the power in you I cannot wait to do the workshops this fall Thank you so much, Lilana. I certainly appreciate it And if you have a moment to write a review Please do, or hit those stars Especially if you've been listening to this thing For more than three episodes And you're like, I love it But you haven't scrolled down to the, po- the bottom of that podcast And pressed those stars Would you do it today? In the name of the holiday, would you do that? Um, happy Thanksgiving If you're celebrating and I hope you have a safe one Some other things, y'all, if you want to get involved in those courses, I want you to go to imtaylorchandler.com, go to the Classes tab, and pick the one that works for you. If you have questions about it, I want you to email me, taylor at imtaylorchandler.com, but I can let you know now that if you have not done any attachment work with me so far, you want to go to the Attachment styles class and get the attachment workbook the attachment workbook is going to make it so much more accessible for people to get this information um, on what their attachment style is where it comes from and what to do about it whether you're working with me or somebody else it's going to give you a really strong map okay map of how we got here and map of how to go forward so um, I recommend that everybody, I'm serious, I, you know, you know I me, mean? I recommend that everybody gets that attachment workbook and that um, you come to an attachment course. Remember, you're going to get the replays whether you are in class or not. Come get this work. Let's have a very new and different and better 2023. I'm excited for more people to get into this. I think this is a move, a shift in the right direction. And I thank you for trusting me with this part of your journey. I'll see you next week.